Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Well, welcome leaders to the Life Group Leader Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our look at the book of Jude as we've been in this sermon series, uh, Holding On. And today, we're going to be joined by uh, my very good friend and our Irvine lead pastor, Mr. Jared Kirkwood. What's happening? So glad to be here. Yeah, Jared, man, really excited uh, to have you be with our leaders uh, to walk through this passage. Just had a chance to actually sit down with you and and hear a bit from uh, the teaching that we're looking forward to this weekend. This is going to be a great weekend. It's as it is with many of the verses in the book of Jude. That's not necessarily an easy <laughs> passage. There's some stern warnings in here, but there's also yeah. a very pastoral yeah. tone to it, which I know is going to come through in your teaching this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, just would be curious before we dive in, what, what are you excited for? What are you uh, believing for God to do as we as you prepare to teach it this this weekend. Yeah, well, I'm really thrilled to teach um, at the Irvine Congregation. I, I just think that this is one of those passages where um, it's almost surprising to me how compassionate and kind and beautiful it is to be a part of God's family. Mm. Um, it's half the book, so we're we're taking um, you know Jude is only 24 verses. And uh, this passage is 12 through 23. And so yeah. uh, it's uh, it, it's definitely a lot of weight to carry. Um, and there's some, like you mentioned, there's some really um, staggeringly scary things in this passage, mm-hmm. right? For those who have departed, the ones who are completely gone, turned away, become antagonistic um, towards the faith, towards the church, towards Jesus. Um, it, it really does. This passage will show what that hap- what happens to those people, right? Which is terrifying. Yeah, and those people for, for all of us are going to be real people in our lives, people mm-hmm. that have, are in a part of your groups, family members, loved ones, who have actually, um, there's a difference between doubting. You and I, we all have yes. doubts. Eric talked about that this last weekend. Mm-hmm. There are things that are, that are hard to believe, either that God is as good yeah. as uh, we read him to be, or mm-hmm. the suffering that we see. There, there are things that we wrestle wrestle through. But there is a difference in what Jude is talking about, what you're going to talk about this weekend, uh, with those that have actually wandered, that have gone far, far from home, that there's a there's yeah. a warning there. Yeah. And the interesting thing that you unpack in the message is it's the warning for our response and how we right. live in relationship with those people. Yeah. And I, I think that even as I think about our, our life groups and people that are walking through this passage together in a form of community, mm-hmm. there's going to be something that we know about each other. There there will be doubts that we know we have. And by the way, like you said, John, doubts I think are, are so accepted in the kingdom of God because we live our day-to-day life in an earthly world that is so broken. Yeah. It is so far off what God's original design was that when you have a true encounter with the kingdom of God, like a true miracle, um, an act of generosity, um, when you see the salvation of somebody that you never thought possible, it's easy to doubt because you think there's just no way it could be this good. There's right. no way it could be this beautiful. It is so unlike our normal life experience yeah. that we go, whoa, I got to question that just for a second here. Yeah, yeah that's really like It's almost too good to be true. That's right. right. Which is that's what the, right. the lean-in question for leaders for your questions this week is kind of getting at. Uh, what's the craziest get-rich-quick scheme that you've heard about? Uh, what are people trying to, to do with these schemes? Why do people fall for them? Yeah. I think because we want to find the quick way through, of right? Course. And we want yeah. to find that that get rich 
thing because we think it's there. It's yeah. there for us. But yeah, we want to skirt around the responsibilities of of our life. Yeah, right? totally. I don't know if I've ever um, fallen into one. I don't know if you have. No. Yeah. No. I mean, I had a I had a pretty good Tupperware racket going you? for a while there. But uh, I, I, in college, I had the, the curb painting. I had that with some friends for a little while. You ever had that before? No, what is that? You know, when the people knock on your door and they're like, "Hey, we're going to come back this week and paint your oh, address yes. numbers on your gotcha. curb." Yes, gotcha. That was uh, positioned to me as a get rich quick scheme, and it was not. It was. A get a sunburned quick scheme <laughs> and get run out of people's neighborhoods. So that didn't really work. I think that you were the one who got scammed. That's it. <laughs> so that's the point of that question to get you thinking along these lines of things that are too good to be to be true. And then as Jared mentioned, we are looking at a substantial chunk of passage from Jude 12 through 23, which is the majority of this incredible book. Uh, we won't uh, read the entirety of the 11 verses now, uh, but you'll see that uh, Jude starts to paint this picture of these six unique illustrations to describe what false what false teachers and their impact on on the church. Just Jared, just walk us through some of the imagery there and what are the commonalities that mm-hmm. he's drawing. Yeah, so for for groups again, I I don't think that it's necessarily only about knowing what those people look like. I mm. think that there's an invitation in this section here to use it as a way for the scripture to um, be a mirror held up to us. That's that good. It might read our own lives because there's really three kinds of groups of people here. There's there's like those who are um, called and kept and they are secure into the family of God. Then there are these people who are far off, antagonistic, and then there's anyone drifting towards that. Right. So there's kind of these three phases here. And I think these illustrations, this this imagery that Jude uses here is a way for us perhaps in our groups to say, oh man, am I at risk of any of these things? So there's three kind of categories. Um, it starts with these, these dangerous reefs, right? Um, and I think an image there would be a reef is something underneath the surface of the sea that perhaps a, a, a ship could not see. Yeah. And yet if it runs into that reef, it will sink their ship. There's a, an, you know, perhaps for us, there are things lying beneath the surface of our own lives that are at risk of putting us in danger. Maybe there's a lie. Maybe there's a false belief that we're hanging on to. Perhaps there's something in our life that is um, at risk of sinking our own life, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. second one, you get a couple of pictures. You get uh, waterless clouds. You get uh, barren trees. Really, this is a picture of things that have lost their purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have abandoned their purpose. They are no longer fulfilling the one thing that they were designed to do. Um, and then it, it kind of moves on and you see wandering stars. You see these foaming, raging seas. And that's a picture of what sin does. Um, the, the wandering stars, I think there's a, a picture there of something that's astonishing for a moment, but fades so quickly. Yeah. And even in our life, like there are people in our life, if we want to admit it, there there are some that we have been so amazed by, so impressed by, and yet their character could not stand on how impressive they they were pretending to be, right? Um, they shone brightly for a moment and then they disappeared quickly. Yeah. Um, wandering star. I actually talk about this with Eric in the um, If I Had More Time podcast, but that that imagery of a star, you know, in, in the early first century, stars were used for navigation. Fixed stars, you can trust as something for guidance. A wandering star, you could never use for guidance. Yeah. In our own life, there are wandering stars in our life that you should not trust to give you advice about your life. They should not guide you in spiritual formation. They, they should not guide you as wise counsel for your life. They're not to be trusted, right? right? So you see these three images, and I think it's a chance for us to look into our own life and say, okay, where have I perhaps 
um, have something hidden beneath my surface of my life that I've yet to reveal to somebody. Or maybe um, what's a part of my life where I have, a, I have left that purpose. Um, I, have, I know something that God has called me to do, and yet I disregard it. Or, or maybe this place in my life I'm trying to be astonishing or perhaps sin that I'm trying to cover up. Yeah, and, and, what and, I, do? and I love what you said about using these things as a mirror. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily, you know, like um, binoculars we're looking out primarily mm-hmm. at other people. But, yeah, we want to look in yes. and through our own lives and ask the Holy Spirit to, to show us. But then there is this aspect, too, because he, he gives us some instruction to also treat how to treat others mm-hmm. that might be in these different categories. And he, he says twice here in your leader notes, you see the question about uh, showing mercy and to even save those who are going astray, which is kind of a fascinating thing that that should be our response to show mercy and to go after those that are going, going astray, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing that he, 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 um, he highlights to us that he compels us to. So we show mercy to those that are going astray. We are showing the same grace to others that they, that we have been shown through Christ. Our consistency can be restorative and winsome after we go after people, that there's a seriousness, seriousness about that. Uh, but then also there's a call to, okay, we trust in God's grace and his pursuit for others. But this also says something about, about us. Mm-hmm. Dear friends, then, he says, there's an encouragement to us mm-hmm. in response to, to what he's written here. Um, so talk to us a little bit about, about that. You get this into this message a bit. Like, what, what is our role then? When we look at those that have have wandered far, when mm-hmm. we look at those that have, you know, come outside of of their faith. What's our what's our role in that? Well, yeah. So again, I think I think that Jude is separating out people who are departed, yeah, and those who doubt, and those who are on their way to departure, yeah. And really, we see that the departed. Um, it says that God's going to handle those, mm-hmm. but there are people in our life who are doubting, and we should we should help them learn how to doubt well towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. We should we should come alongside people. We should create safe environments where people can grab a cup of coffee, ask their questions. They don't feel any shame or guilt for not knowing the answer to things. I mean, none of us got here because God just zapped us with all the information we need to have knowledge about God. No, it's we had to have conversations. We had to work out our understanding of God's word. That's okay. That's a beautiful thing. That's yeah. a that's that's actually what's intended to be. Um, we should have mercy on, on those people. That's right. a great thing. But then the harder one is probably those who are like the snatch them up, the ones close to the fire. There's something about um, probably every one of us has a person that can come to our mind when we think about that, one who has drifted quite far. Um, we have to be more intentional with them. We have to be more urgent. Right? I think there's something about being urgent and yet also patient mm-hmm. and kind and clear. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's intentional. Like right. you have to go after that person. You need to speak the truth in love. You need to um, model exactly what Jesus does for for some others throughout the Gospels, where he has pulled them in away from where they were heading, and rescues those people. Like we have to go in and, and do that for people. Totally, and all of that is even made that much more efficient within the context of community and relationships. Right, when you're walking with people, life group leaders, as you are, week in and week out. That that's that call that we get to help shepherd those that are in our groups that we, as we serve and, and shepherd ourselves through that as well. And then, Jared, I'm excited that we're, we're doing something um, a little bit different in this service as well. Uh, for those that are coming into service and they haven't seen it yet, we're calling people in towards something kind of beautiful at the end mm-hmm. that might have some implications, some talking points within 
in groups this week. Just talk about sure. where we're landing and what to expect there. Yeah. So, so in, in this idea of having mercy on those who are drifting, wavering, doubting, or even have found themselves, you know, they kind of lift their head up and they've realized they've drifted further than they realize. We are inviting people to return. Um, at, at Irvine, we'll be teaching through the prodigal son and um, having a moment where we are um, confronted with the reality that um, at some point, we all kind of walk away to some degree. And the surprise, the shock of the, the family of God is that the father is watching for us yeah. when he sees us, runs to us. He's the one who closes the gap. He's the one that restores. He's the one who welcomes us right back into that family, not missing a beat, right? It is not our work. It's nothing that we did for ourselves. And so we are, um, in a sense, we are renewing our own faith in Jesus. That renewing piece, though, is not work that we do other than the, the one thing that we do is we repent. Yeah. When we repent, our faith is renewed. Right. And so we're inviting people to that. And I think in a group, it's totally appropriate that as a leader to just say, hey, this last weekend, you know, this is a thing that I wanted to renew in my faith, or this is a thing that I was repenting of. Yeah. Repentance is one of the rhythms that we practice in Rooted, and yeah. it's ongoing. It's appropriate inside of your group that this week you invite people to talk about their repentance. Yeah. You can do a quick Google search. You can look up any of the great church uh, uh, you know, fathers who have written on any of this stuff. Every one of them writes about repentance being a continual process. Mm-hmm. Repentance is not once and for all. Mm-hmm. The price that was paid by Jesus was done once and for all, yeah. but the invitation for us to come back to him is continual. That's good. And so in Rooted, in, in we do that. We, we talk about where do we need to come back. And I think it's appropriate right now in our life groups that we say, this is a place in my life. This is a an emotional thing I'm going through. This is a physical thing that I'm struggling with. This is a doubt that I have. And you can invite people to return, to come home, to um, renew that sense of, of faith, commitment, dedication, in, uh, you know, to, to, to what we want to have in our relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and confession, as you said, it's an ongoing part of our fellowship of Jesus, and it's a really important, essential part. I think sometimes there's this uh, belief that, you know, we all carry things, and when we don't share it, mm-hmm. it can foster this lack of vulnerability. It could foster pretense. It could foster this sense of, well, I'm good, everything's fine, I've got it all figured out. And actually, we need to reenact our reliance upon the gospel. Mm-hmm. And repentance is that. It's moving, as Eric talked about last week, moving from self-reliance to full reliance upon the mm-hmm. sufficiency of Jesus and what he's done. And nothing more will confront us with that reality, with our sin and with our brokenness. Mm-hmm. You know, justified, we have been justified. The sanctification process is ongoing. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we need the reliance upon Jesus's grace daily, continually, asking the Spirit to lead us and guide us because it demonstrates mm-hmm. that much more fully the gospel in our lives. And so I love that you're going to lead us through that. And group leaders, as Jared said, this is a great uh, week to, to follow up on that com- conversation. You've got your questions. You you understand these questions are are more of a guide for you. It's mm-hmm. not a strict turn-by-turn map, but do want to encourage you, as you do every week, open up your Mariner's Church app, take notes, bring your Bible, uh, talk about the things that, that that you noted during the message, bring that to your discussion this week, because it's that much more vibrant of a discussion when we bring uh, what, what God highlighted to us during during the weekend message. So we're excited for this. Jared, thanks so much for your time, man. Can't wait to hear, hear it this weekend. It's going to be great. Yeah, appreciate it. It's all great right. for your life group leaders. It's awesome. You got it, leaders. All right, we'll see you all next week.